Welcome to Feeling Asia, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. I'm so fucking nervous. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like uh, not to, I feel like I'm not nervous a lot, but I feel nervous. And I know that because my mouth feels dry. Oh. But I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm nervous and excited for two very, very distinctly different reasons, which I'll get to. But we're so excited for you listeners to uh, because of our guests today. They're so, so Oh, excited. yeah. We have two Definition. legends on, on the episode this week. So this is an yeah. extra special feeling Asian. Making the other guests feel bad. They weren't good enough. <laughs> they weren't as good as these guests, let me tell you. The bar has been raised. This is a new precedent for our podcast, <laughs> Young Me. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Man. Okay, well. Sweating. You know what? Let's just jump into the exciting stuff and introduce our guests. Sure. Um, yeah, so on Feeling Asian this week, we have the host of Takeout with Lisa Ling, Lisa Ling herself, and we also have the showrunner and producer of Takeout with Lisa Ling, and which, by the way, you all should check out right now on HBO Max. We also have Helen Cho. So please, listeners, give your ears to Lisa Ling and Helen Cho. Hello. Thank you so much for having Hello. us. Nothing gives me oh more pleasure God. than talking about feelings with Asians. Yes. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, I want to, this is my personal intro. Um, Lisa Ling, legend, literally the most important person I've ever been over on a Zoom chat with. But also, I have to say, Helen Cho, literally my dear and beloved friend and the, one of the most spectacular human beings I've ever met in my entire life. And I've been trying oh to God. have her on this podcast. <laughs> before I say anything, Lisa, before, oh I, before I say anything, I was going to save this, but I can't, I can't hold it in anymore. I, okay, I love Helen. Obviously, Lisa's, I'm talking to Lisa over Zoom. I can't even talk right now. I'm sweating through my shirt. But I fucking knew, I fucking knew Helen would pull something like this because I've, I've wanted to have Helen on the podcast for so long. And she was like, okay, I'll do it. But I'm just going to come on with Lisa Ling. So like she knew that, you know, cause obviously I'm like, Lisa. And like, I, like I get, I'm like nervous and like, I feel like very respectful towards you. Cause she knew I would like be forced to f like focus all my attention on you which i'm not gonna do i'm gonna give 50 50 and we're gonna talk about you <laughs> helen you can't hide in the producer chair anymore well helen i think you're wonderful <laughs> come as you are whether it's alone or as a duo i think you're great both ways <laughs> Thank toxic you guys. positive oh brian God. i'm so glad always. people can see this video and just see how humiliated helen so feels right now <laughs> i know i want to turn my camera off <laughs> <laughs> no this is gonna be great. well you guys thank seriously you. thank thank you so much for having on and all those nice things that that, that you're saying about us it makes me feel very very old but <laughs> um, wait but, how but really yeah <laughs> the word legend usually connotes uh, <laughs> uh no ariana know, grande is a legend and i feel like okay, she's like right. 21 so <laughs> okay. greta thunberg legend this is legend. true and this also is true. famously very true. young <laughs> Well, I'm 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 humbled. Ivy Carter, legend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> totally blue Ivy, right? Is, is oh, that who you're talking about? Are you blue. talking about blue Ivy Carter? Wait, who's Ivy Carter? I think that's somebody else. Oh no. Oh yeah, wow. Jay Z and Beyonce's Sorry. daughter. Respect to our legends only, <laughs> Blue Ivy Carter. Blue. 
We don't mean disrespect. <laughs> well, Lisa and Helen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And before we jump into y'all's feelings, young me, how are you feeling? All right. Okay. So I did say I was nervous and very excited for this episode. Um, but, you know, I feel like the what I'm sort of nervous about, again, is because there are certain things that I want so much for this episode, especially um, about my relationship with Helen. And I'm like feeling overwhelmed and scared in anticipation of big emotions that might come out, which is fine because this is what the podcast is about. You know, like people talk about things and some, and like somebody will talk about something sad and I will cry for some reason. And that that's like, that's fine. There's room for my emotions, but I'm almost like, I guess it's like the anticipation of where this conversation will take me emotionally is sort of making me feel kind of scared. And I don't know, like I, that's like kind of new for me, like hosting this podcast. Cause I feel like I've never felt like afraid of my emotions, you know? Can I just say something Ooh. young me? Yes. Don't feel scared. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Helen will tell you that I get emotional over everything. Oh. My God, it's like good. we just we just put together six episodes of a food show, and I think I cried uh -huh. during every episode. <laughs> like I'm crying during a food show. She did. She no, did. so don't be scared. Don't be scared. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. In fact, you you should never feel scared about becoming emotional. I mean, it's the most cathartic release, but it it shows that you're human. So don't be scared. Yeah. We got you. I'm so glad we caught that on the Zoom. We we yeah. just have to play that as a pep talk before every recording from now on. Oh my on. god, every, every podcast we're gonna have Lisa Ling saying, "Don't be scared of your emotions. You're human." I love that. So what a beautiful soundbite already. Um, I have to say, I, as soon as I started watching the show, and I know we're gonna talk all about the show on this episode. Literally, as soon as I turned it on, I was crying, and I texted Helen. I was like, "How did you like do this? This is um, so great." So, no, I I don't think it was weird at all that you cried doing that show. It was spectacular. Um, but yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I'm like a little because it is new for me. You know, I'm usually very like free with my emotions, but I'm feeling a little like scared of where where I'm gonna go emotionally today. How about you, Brian? How do you feel? Uh, similarly. Um, you know, I, I'm quite nervous right now, but, uh, speaking about my week at large, I have been feeling incredibly stressed out. Uh, it's been very stressful, mainly because for good things, because we have our live show coming up, uh, in a couple weeks. Well, I guess when this comes out in a week and a half or so, a week, hmm. I don't know what's, what's time anymore, but the uh helen i think you could relate to this a bit we're both we've we have on our producer hats and you know we, we moved to a bigger venue the show is sold out and there's a lot of anticipation for it and we want things to go over super well but then so many things can go awry and it's just so fucking stressful and young me we both we got into some heated exchanges this week <laughs> tears we were shed yeah <laughs> we already so, cried <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, 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 I feel stressed out, but I know it's all for good. It's all for good things. It's, it's only because I want things to go over well. And, mm. uh, yeah. And I'm mostly looking forward to our live show. And once that's done, I feel like it's just going to be such a great cathartic release because right now mm -hmm. I feel like we're in like the eye of the storm, um, you know, assembling all the pieces and making sure everything's in line and, 
so many emails i'm i'm like so fatigued <laughs> but um yeah. yeah so that sums up how i'm feeling <laughs> Brian, it's so funny how you were like, hey, Helen, producer of some of the biggest television shows in America. You know how I'm feeling, right? I got a little <laughs> comedy show in the works. <laughs> Woo! Just, Emails, just am I my right, Helen? Art. <laughs> <laughs> you know my, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> you guys were um, a big deal. What are you guys talking about? Oh, my God. Yeah, is- young me. You heard, you heard it from the legend herself. We're a big deal. <laughs> You're right. We deserve it. Doing- I was doing that like hum- humbling myself Asian thing. I caught myself. I gotta stop doing that. And s- instead, I just let you out to dry and threw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, everyone's um, right. I'm wrong. But yeah, that pretty much sums it up. But enough about us. I guess we'll start with Lisa. Lisa, how are you feeling? Uh, I feel awesome <laughs> because our wow. show has just launched and the world gets a chance to see it. And I couldn't be prouder of what we put together. We had the most incredible team led by Helen here, humble Helen. Um, And it has so exceeded my hopes and aspirations and expectations. Um, I'm exhausted because I've been in New York promoting and literally listening to myself talk all day long on different shows and, um, you know, also working on my other show. But I'm just filled with such exuberance and excitement. And, you know, I, I, I constantly think about um, what my 10-year-old self would think about my 49, almost 49-year-old self and, and what I'm up to. And I, and I know that my 10-year-old self would just be in disbelief um, mm. that, this, that, that I have been afforded this opportunity to tell these incredible stories um, about the community that I come from um, that that has never really had an opportunity to have our stories told in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different feeling. You know, I've been in, in this business for over 30 years, but this feeling right now is a very unique one that I've never really felt before because I mm-hmm. have never been so personally invested um, in a series that I've done and also against the backdrop of everything that's been happening to and, uh, you know, around and in the Asian American community, it just feels so, um, exciting to be able to mm. share this story, uh, or share, share these stories with the Asian American community, but also with a, with a, with a wider mainstream audience. I mean, cause at the end of the day, these stories aren't just Asian American stories, they're American stories. So I'm feeling awesome. I feel like that, um, sorry. (laughs) No, I feel like that's such a great answer. I was like, wow. Brian and I got a chance to view this show before we interviewed you. And by the time this episode comes out, everyone will have seen it. And, you know, I have so many thoughts about how the show came across. And I feel like you just put it perfectly. It just, it just like represents this idea so well. Thank you. I want to know how Helen's feeling now. <laughs> Helen, we're all dying feeling, to know. Helen? Actually, we're all just waiting for Helen to tell us how she feels, I'm to like, be honest. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know how Lisa does this. I'm like, oh my God, Lisa's a machine. I'm like, so Youngmi and I and Brian and I have been talking about doing this podcast for what feels like years. I mean, when did you it guys start the podcast? Years. It's been two years. Uh, it's like two, almost, yeah, coming up on two years. Two, two years, basically. Years? Oh we God. wanted you for the first episode. So <laughs> <laughs> two years later, 
<laughs> and I'm so, um, yeah, I feel very uh, overwhelmed and um, feeling really emotional. In fact, when <laughs> I was like crying, listening to one of your podcasts where young me started talking, she like mentioned my name on the podcast when she was talking about like who she's inspired by. And I, I was like, is she talking about me? Or maybe there's like another Helen that you know, she's friends with, I'm sure. I don't know. And but I, I like I'm like, I got emotional sitting there like alone, like maybe she's talking about me. wow, like that's amazing and so beautiful. And then Lisa calls me. Like literally as I'm like crying, listening to the podcast, Lisa calls and I pick it up. I'm like, hello? She's like, Are you okay? Like, Aww. um, yeah, everything's fine. She's like, Are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, I just listening to my friend's podcast and I got really emotional. So yeah, I mean, you know, the show is out and it feels really overwhelming to mm. um, receive such positive feedback. And mm. um, yeah, just like trying not to get emotional to <laughs> here, but like to be here to talk about the show, you know, with Lisa and to be able to work with Lisa and you guys like, and to see how far, you know, even your podcast has grown and um, it's really, really amazing. So I feel really, um, yeah, I don't know, overwhelmed and grateful. So, yeah, I mean, Helen, you know, this is really a moment, you know, I mean, not only are Mm -hmm. we able to, you know, produce this series about the Asian American experience, right, but there have been so many incredible triumphs that have happened. And this podcast is 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 one of them. I mean, this new platform that so many of us had that we probably never imagined ever being able to have is really Mm -hmm. exciting. I mean, The past couple of years, as I said, like my 10 year old self would have never imagined all of this, you know, the Mm -hmm. the incredible successes and and really just like the recognition of our belonging in this Mm -hmm. country Mm -hmm. and our contributions and our um, our struggles. You know, I think for the first time, at least in my life, I, I, I I'm certain I'm older than all of you. Um, it, it, it feels so validating. And for that, uh, Mm. you know, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so grateful I'm alive to experience it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like this show is definitely like the next chapter in that. Like what I was trying to say when I was like mumbling around earlier is that like, this feels like, this feels like, you know, I posted earlier, I was like, this is like what we've been waiting for. It's like the distillation of this like abstract idea we've been trying to like put out there for so long. And somehow this like perfectly hits the nail on the head. And mm-hmm. I was watch when I was watching the show, you know, I was texting Helen and I said, Helen, this I could feel you so much in this. Like you can definitely see Hel- Helen's hand in it. Um, and I, I, I just want to ask really quick, Helen, do you feel some of the emotions that you have around it are like, similar to what Lisa pointed to like this is like one of the first times you feel like this project is so like personal do you feel that way too or yeah both both in terms of the conversations that we were able to capture and highlight on the series but also like just the experience of making the series was unlike mm-hmm. anything I had experienced before and so it's really it's something that's just like so special and mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, it, it's it's hard to even articulate, to be honest, right now. It just feels very overwhelming. Um, it, right. It, uh, yeah, I've worked in, you know, sort of the travel docuspace and TV for 10 plus years and never, um, you know, I think if you look at some of my episodes, there are sort of like, you know, vignettes or scenes in an episode that, you know, highlight like the Korean American senior dance team in Flushing and our Queens mm-hmm. episode of Parts <laughs> Unknown. Or like, you know, you'll see like moments here and there, but to have each episode uh, centering Asian Americans um, mm. feels really 
amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, like Lisa was saying, like, it just feels like, yeah, we're kind of like, this is like, we belong here and kind of planting that and, um, you know, making a statement. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's super um, exciting and uh, overwhelming. Sorry. I'm like, I'm also <laughs> so nervous. Like you guys, like I, it's like, I'm so close to young me and like, you know, obviously I know you too, Brian, but it's you just said, like, yeah, yeah. you guys have, um, this has been a long time coming and it's also, so I'm like also emotional because I remember, um, when young me wasn't doing comedy and like the very first sort of, we did like a mock set at her house uh-huh. and oh, I like God. introduced her, Helen. Like, oh, I like, to introduce her, but like, you know, it was like, and now, you know, like, give your, it was like basically doing with Brian, give your ears to give your hands for young me I'm Mary. So embarrassed. Like, wow. Down the stairs. And I walked and down her, like, the stairs. Set in her apartment. Yeah. Like, you know, years ago. So to Helen see that. Helen was there for the whole thing. Her doing it. <laughs> her doing this full time. And the success that you guys have had is like, again, it's so, um, yeah, it's awesome. And it's inspiring. Wow. So. Aww, Aww, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. This is well, like a huge episode for for all fronts <laughs> i feel like um but you know we have well i have a lot of questions that i'd love to unpack about um you know this new show uh take out with lisa ling and i think we should just jump right into it young Mei. do you is, is that, is that yeah. cool with you cool yeah so give, it, give the show um, what it deserves <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um to be honest like when i first heard about uh your show take out you know, the, the tagline is, it's a show that is an exploration of the Asian American diaspora through a culinary lens. And obviously, like, that sounded really appealing. Um, but I, I not going to lie, I was a little bit skeptical because I feel like a lot of food-centric shows, there, there's many of them. And with that, there comes this possibility for it to feel somewhat sterile, impersonal, and kind of flat overall. However, I mean, upon the first episode which featured, you know, the Manila man in Louisiana, um, I knew that my skepticism was completely assuaged and in the wrong, in fact. And I could tell that this show was uh, very special. And as I continue to watch, I felt very proud, but also sad at times, realizing how much of our own history has been kept away from us mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, many shows have promised what you have delivered so beautifully and successfully with takeout. Can you just speak on how you achieved this? Because it's this beautiful balance of, you know, it's very, it's very educational and, and, and informative, but it's also deeply personal. And mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. you can feel it throughout the entire series. Well, Brian, first of all, thank you for watching all six episodes. That, that, <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, you know, and I, and I, I'll be anxious to hear Helen's perspective too. You know, uh, for for us or for me, uh, I'm not a cook, so I'm very specific mm-hmm. about the fact that this isn't a cooking show. It's a food show, but it's it's really about exploring these buried, forgotten stories through the lens of food that mm-hmm. most Americans have come to love. You know, I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many Chinese restaurants in America, more than McDonald's, right. Wendy's, and Pizza Hut combined. And these days, you can find you know, like obscure Asian restaurants in the smallest towns in America. I mean, Americans mm-hmm. love Asian food, but haven't really taken the time to know or understand Asian American history. And I would venture to guess that none of us had any mm-hmm. Asian American history in school, right? And I, and, and I believe mm-hmm. that that's one of the reasons why it's become so easy to scapegoat 
Asian Americans throughout the pandemic. Because if you don't include a community's history in our in our in our history classes or education, then it becomes so easy to overlook an entire community and and so easy to scapegoat. Mm. And so, mm. to be honest with you, because I had no Asian American history in school, this was such a learning experience for me. I, I have spent time exploring Asian American history way, you know, way beyond high school, but there's still so mm. much that I, I, I didn't know. And so that was one of the, the, the most exciting things for me was this is, has been such an incredible journey. And the end result has just fostered the sense of pride in the mm. resilience um, the, the, you know, how, how our community has persevered through such discrimination that mm-hmm. we never learned about either. Um, and how deeply rooted this community is in America. I mentioned earlier, you know, these stories are part of American history, not just Asian American history. And it's really just an honor to, to be able to bring these to the mainstream, especially through food. I mean, I can't think of anything that is more of a cultural unifier that transcends class and gender and, and, you know, cultures themselves than food. And so it was the perfect opportunity to, and time to tell these stories. And Helen just brought such a, a unique perspective to the table when, when, when we brought her on to, to run this show, you know, this takeout is not the, the end result of takeout is not what I envisioned. It's so much better and so much cooler than even I could have mm. could have imagined um, because Helen took the reins and it was so important for her to um, staff all Asian directors, Asian American directors. And most mm-hmm. of our crew consisted of Asian Americans. We both had never wow. worked with as many Asian Americans. And Helen was just determined to give people opportunities. Mm. And, and the result is what you see on, on, on screen. Yeah. You know, I think the part that you said that these are stories that were new to you, that that's something that spoke to me too. And it, that's the, I think that's the thing that made me the most sad and made me cry so much watching the show because um, it, it made me feel like we it's almost like, you know, you hear Asian Americans are Americans and we have history here and we've heard that over and over and over. But until you see how much of that we were a part of, and I say we very loosely, obviously I don't have anything to do with Manila men and stuff, but like, like, um, then you, then you like start to like really like are faced with the fact that it's been uh, like hidden and taken away from us. And, um, and that's like, that's so sad. It's like so much loss there. Um, it kind of reminds me of, sometimes I listen to Margaret Cho's podcast and she always brings up a historical, like sort of hate crime event against Asians and the modern one on every episode. And every week I'm, I'm like sobbing because it's basically a hidden genocide that happened in like Irvine, California, a hundred years ago, something like that, which I never knew, you know? And it's like every episode is like full of this information that was just like basically kept from us. Um, so I felt that way watching your show. And um, I'm really glad you said that about Helen, of course. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. gonna, I feel like this keeps, it keeps being like Lisa and I being like, and Helen is cool. And Helen, we love Helen. Oh, yeah. I know. I feel like, I feel like we need to it's make like, a game like now. I heart, I feel like we need to make like I heart Helen t-shirts and proudly display them everywhere. Helen, are you like what? So yeah. T- can you tell us a little bit about the process of like, you know, how you came up? 
upon this idea of just only having Asian people work on the show? And do you think it had an effect? Because me personally, I think it had a huge effect. You can feel the like, look at our story. Like you can feel that through <laughs> watching it, right? Like, yeah, what was that like? Um, so, I, I mean, also I want to be clear, it wasn't just Asian Americans. You know, you know, we had definitely had other people on our, on our series as well. But it was important that for me to hire a majority Asian American and cre- key creatives. So, you know, where possible, directors, producers, our, both our director of photography, uh, you know, our cameramen and women were Asian American, and um, as well as most of our editors. And yeah, I think um, this was my first showrunning position experience um, as an executive producer. And like, again, like, it's like, I am so grateful for Lisa and, you know, HBO in part two to like take a chance on me because. I recognize that a lot of, especially women of color, like don't get to be in that position. Um, it's mm. pretty still, it's still, you know, in 2022, like it's still pretty rare. I've certainly not worked with any, um, I don't think I've worked with any like showrunners that were even like, yeah, like any kind of personal color. So, I mean, mm. I think that, uh, um, so I felt like if I'm in this position and I'm given this chance, um, and I've been on the sort of other end of like working my way up. You know, I started mm-hmm. as a production assistant, kind of worked through the ranks, like kind of right. working every position. And uh, and and I saw like how much I had to like push and I felt like I was overlooked at times and um, and not getting proper credit and, you know, things like that. So I felt like if I was in that position, um, it it was only right that uh, you know I do my best to put those people in the positions that I can and what I can do you know in my in in the power that I'm being given. So, but also I think ultimately the reason why I did that was because I think that there's a lot of talk about diversifying crews and everybody wants to diversify their crews now. But mm-hmm. you know I think that what really is 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 so important is that. When making these kind of shows, you only have a limited amount of time to put together the research and get in touch with these people. And um, when you have people from the communities in which you are going into or, you know, I mean, like Asian Americans who understand a sort of shared, of course, there's, you know, we're very different and, you know, it's a very vast and diverse diaspora, but the sort of shared experience as well, like being able to, um, you know, build a relationship and have the trust of the people that were, um, you know, who are being vulnerable um, mm-hmm. in sharing their stories, just to me builds a better product. It, it builds mm-hmm. a better show. It builds better stories because like it's, you know, um, people are personally invested. I felt like everybody on my team um, was absolutely personally invested in this series and yeah. it made for such a different experience we were all we all knew we were doing something special working towards something special mm-hmm. and um and i think that yeah it comes down to like looking at it in a very sort of like you know holistic way that's not just like for optics you know here and yeah. there, like, you well, know well, I, and i and i have to give you props helen and it, you know this is not to like intentionally embarrass Helen, but you know, she's a, she's, she's a, she's a young woman in the business. Right. And she gets this mm-hmm. show running gig. Right. And mm-hmm. it's her first show that she's ever run. Like many people would, would want to kind of pull in the best people they knew. Right. Mm. right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, those, those kind of like tried and true directors and producers that, you know, are going to turn in, you know, phenomenal 
work, right? And Helen took a big risk (laughs) when she assumed Mm. that seat in bringing Mm. in people who, you know, some of our directors had never worked in television, had done some, Mm -hmm. you know, documentary work, but, um, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, it's a major, this is a major show for a major streamer. And, and, and there were times where I was like, God, I, I hope Helen knows what she's doing, <laughs> you know, <'cause>, right. <laughs> because this is kind of, I mean, this is kind of the way we've always worked, right? I mean, we've, yeah. we've, we've, we have generally not been in the driver's seat. And so we've relied on people to bring mm-hmm. in the people they know um, are, are going to make us look good, right? And so, yeah, yeah. so this was a risk that Helen took and you know, she is right. The The people that were part of our show, particularly the Asian Americans, there was a level inve- of investment. I mean, we worked our asses off out there. This was not an easy show to make. It was long mm-hmm. hours. It was moving from place to place. It was, I mean, we were, we were in places where temperatures exceeded 100 degrees. Wow. But yet <laughs> our teams were just so determined and ambitious and so proud of the work mm-hmm. that we're doing. And so, you know, I have to just really give Helen props for for taking those risks. I mean, the show that you see on HBO Max today would not look this way, would not sound this way um, without uh, Helen, with, without the risks that Helen took. That's such a great um, distinction to make. And uh, Helen, I think you deserve all the praise for it because, you know, we've we've interviewed many people and we we see the media, we've read the news, and you know, talk is one thing, but to actually yeah. like be about it and, do it and act on that talk and do it is another thing because we all talk about like we need more, you know, people of color and yeah. we need, need more diversity in these uh, higher positions, but like once you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, it, it, it's it could be hard to execute because there is a level of risks that you have to take on, and a lot of risk. Um, I, th- I yeah, I think it has paid off wonderfully because you can every story and every interaction with Asian Americans. There's a level of tenderness there that you can mm-hmm. feel, and yeah, it's palpable through the it. screen. And I just want to say thank you um, for you know being about it and taking the actions and putting those um, pieces into place. But also, Lisa, I think you know. I was really touched by how personal you went into these stories because even yeah. just hearing you speak about being the only Asian person in a predominantly white community and how yeah. you even felt embarrassed to be Asian. That like I don't think I've ever seen someone say that on mm. such a public on television like that. Like I don't know, like it, it just spoke to me very deeply because I grew up in Texas and I felt the same things. And I, I, it could not have been easy to just like go there and y- you could play it safe and just be about the food and divert attention away from yourself. So I also want to thank you for um, being so vulnerable on the show. Well, and yeah, sharing those like yeah, really I mean, gritty, I, not gritty, but like granular experiences. Well, you know, I think the last couple of years have really. You know, I, I've worked in the business for a long time, as I mentioned, but there were, mm. have been so many moments where I've just kind of felt alone in the feelings yeah. of being alone. Um, and the last couple of years, given um, the attacks on the community, you know, it's been mm-hmm. really amazing to see Asian Americans come together and share mm-hmm. our stories with one another um, because yeah. it's been really, um, it's been validating to find community in our struggle, but also of our triumphs. And, 
you know, one of the things I'm proudest of with this series is, you know, in the past, I think the Asian community, there's been a lot of segregation even within the community, you know, like yeah, yeah. Chinese, the Chinese would, you know, like speak up on issues that pertain to Chinese Americans and the Koreans, the Korean, right. blah, 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 blah. And over the last couple of years, it's really become clear to me that the Asian community is in and of itself its own sort of category. The four of yeah. us, I mean, you three are, are Korean American, I'm Chinese American, but we have more in common with each other than you have with people who are from Korea and I have with people yeah. who are from China, right? We are oh, a yeah. distinctive right. category unto ourselves, and there's every reason to be proud of 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 our little of our little category. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I take back what I said. I am the Manila man. That's my people. You I are. That's, no. what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. Seriously, representation. <laughs> Wait. So I, but also I, yeah. That was. Oh my god. Both of your answers are just so so great. I think this is why the show is good. Like, are you listening to like these brilliant people? Come on. But I have to say, you know, like. What Helen said about the, you know, going into a community where the people doing the filming look like the people of the community and can talk to them is really important. And I feel like that's what you can feel on the show. Like you can't. And, you know, there's there's ways that people have gone around it. Like like even, you know, Lisa, what you said, like you could have hired. You're like, OK, we hired Helen. Everyone else is white. It's everyone else is going to be Brandon <laughs> and, you know, Derek with the sound guy. Right. <laughs> And a lot of people do yeah. that, and uh, and like it does, it does really show the follow through with like. Well, because those um, are the people that Helen everyone. and I are familiar with. I mean, those are the people yeah. that we've worked right. with our whole career. So for yeah. Helen to have really again taken this risk and sought out people who did yeah. not have the experience of the people that we've worked with for all of these years. I mean, I just yep. cannot underscore how big a risk it was. Yeah. Um, right. But I think I mean, the risk really, really, really paid off. Oh, it totally did. The, it totally yeah, did. It paid but, off. Right. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the Asians didn't fail. Thank God. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Imagine right. we but brought I, them in and they sucked at it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think it is important to stress yeah. that it's not it isn't a matter of talent here because there's yeah. so many talented people that get overlooked. Yeah, exactly. It's a matter of people like Helen who, you know what, I'm going to take the risk and take this chance and provide a space for these people to really shine. And, and maybe, all it takes yeah. is one, so yeah. And exactly. what they lacked in experience and what they lacked in their resumes, they made up for by being like understanding the the content do you know what i mean like i feel like mm -hmm. that's where it really yeah. paid off Th that was exactly right yeah, yeah i you know was looking at people short films their personal projects like mm -hmm. you know looking for taste also you know yeah. of right. course like you know being asian american but just looking at sort of how they're paying attention to like the usage of music and like feeling can they evoke emotion from like you mm -hmm. know if, if if it's like a documentary film or you know, maybe they've done, you know, short pieces and never worked on any kind of hosted show. You mm -hmm. know, that kind of stuff was like super important because, yeah, I think it is like a numbers thing. And I've, you know, again, been on the sort of other side of it and I've seen lots of like, you know, white people. You frankly, can say like, mediocre white people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just, like rack up numbers on episodes and stuff. And yeah. you're like, that's how you get better. It's a practice. It's an art. Mm -hmm. Sure, there are people who are going to be talented right out the gate. But I would say like, you know, it takes a lot of work and experience to get mm -hmm. better, to get to be able to work on these sort of level of yeah. kind of um, content. And but it's kind of like this catch 22 because you're like, you know, these premium platforms, in a lot of ways don't want to hire unless they see that you've had experience. But then how can you get experience right. if they're not going to hire? So it's just like, you know, 
if I yeah. can, and if somebody is so emotionally invested and personally invested to me, that person's going to spend the extra time to really yeah. go above and beyond to make sure that, you know, the story is being told the right way. Bigger picture. That's literally what's like wrong with the creative world. Big picture. You know, like the people that get in are not necessarily the people that should should be allowed. They just have this opportunity that other people don't. And so like for you to take the step to equalize that is cool too even just outside of race do you know what i mean so yeah anyway i feel like we're uh we should like start talking about other stuff we should start uh, embarrassing <laughs> helen more should we talk about should we talk about <laughs> corn can we talk about corn corn the dog oh my dog okay so my dog's here she's sleeping right now but she will start humping the cat at any moment oh she's done God. it every every single interview i've had she's done it so let's let's just start the countdown to when that's gonna happen and the cat's name is donko by the way oh don't go which means butthole wait your female dog is wanting to hump everything yeah she's a top <laughs> Lisa, Dang. get with it. Dang. You don't know what the kids are up to these days. Okay, so Helen, obviously, you know, again, Lisa, please feel free to chime in if you have any thoughts or, you know, feelings about this. So Helen, you know, when we talked about having you on the podcast, we I wanted to discuss with you the fact that you suffer, I don't know if suffer is the right word, suffer from imposter syndrome, which I feel like is a very, very big um you know topic for mental health for asian americans not to generalize but it you know it just seems like a lot of people that i know who are asian go through this can you um i guess like just to start can you just like do you want us to like talk about what that is or how that's affected you imposter syndrome is basically like when you achieve stuff and you think that you don't deserve it basically right or like or you think you tricked everyone into hiring you because you don't think that you're good enough so you think that you're like playing a little scam on everyone when in reality you're just one of the most talented producers in america <laughs> right so would you say do you <laughs> t- tell us helen what's it like oh having imposter syndrome well, okay so <laughs> this is like a whole other episode of just talking about imposter syndrome but um yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about imposter syndrome because, um, you know, I go back and forth. I'm like, I definitely feel that way that, you know, I sometimes somehow get lucky and, you know, it's partially my work, but partially timing and luck and, you know, meeting the right people and whatever, like that certainly. But lately, <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about, especially after working on the show, like how much of the imposter syndrome is coming from just working in an industry and working around, uh, you know, in environments where I was the only, you know, oftentimes Asian American or person of color or one of the Mm -hmm. few. And I think that when I see other people, for example, I produced for many, many, you know, years on um, Parts Unknown and, and other shows. And I saw other people get directing opportunities and, you know, and, I internalize that as like, oh, well, maybe I'm just like not good enough to Mm. direct or maybe, you know, I'm not ready or, you know, there's something about me that is, uh, you know, um, that that's at fault here that is Mm. lacking. Right. Mm. And so but, you know, especially in the last six months, you know, working around so many Asian Americans and feeling so empowered um, and also non-Asian Americans who were very supportive. And I felt like that how much of that is coming from, you know, again, like working in a system that is not set to um, uplift, you know, uh, 
Asian American creatives and uh, working, you know, fighting my way through that. So, um, yeah, I think that just like who I am, I'm always like I'm a New Yorker, so I'm going to be cynical. And I think I was I think I was like 12 when somebody was like, you're too young to be cynical. And I'm like, looked up what that word meant. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just like naturally in my way to be like, holy shit, I feel like I just like somehow won the lottery and it's going to be, you know, Mm. be gone at any moment. So I better um, uh, work as hard as I could. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a mixture of both. Um, Mm. I know that like historically imposter syndrome have been put on women. It was like a label that, that, you know, but it was specifically white women, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, So even um, after show running a show that is now on HBO Max, you still feel that doubt? I mean, right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I, but I'm also like, who am I trying to prove? Is it just myself? And, mm-hmm. you know, like, what is it that, what is it that I need to prove? Like, mm-hmm. you know, with this series, I'm, you know, I'm so proud of it. And I feel like this is something that Lisa and I can fully own. And like, you know, with the incredible team that we had of directors, producers and creative team. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, after this, I'm like, what is my next project? I'm not sure. You know, I'm like, I, am I going to get work? I don't know. You know, it's like totally I think you're gonna that get cyclical work. feeling, you know. You're definitely going to get work, <laughs> Helen. Like... I don't think you have to worry about that. Helen, I will say that I'm more than 10 years older than you. And, you know, I've worked with, you know, the greats in broadcasting and, uh, you know, worked on so many different shows at this point. Um, but I still feel the same way all the time, you know, mm. like, like, do I, do I deserve this? Or do I, you know, I sometimes think to myself, like, I, I don't, I don't have the credibility or juice to make demands on my, my own behalf, which is why Lisa. I have these agents to negotiate on my behalf because I'm too afraid of it. So I think, you know, unfortunately yeah. I, I wish that I wish I could tell you it will go away, but I, I think it's also something maybe cultural oh, that God. that like you know like like I I do think that it that that women are more predisposed no. to feeling this way because we are yeah. doing things that we probably weren't expected to do. Um, yeah, I yeah. hope that this you know I hope that I reach a point where I, I don't feel that anymore. But I think that that women, but Asian women in particular, I think um, yeah. because we're sort of going out of the the box that society has kind of put us in or that that we grow up believing that we had to stay in um yeah. you know i think that that that's a, it's a persistent feeling but you know progressively and in time hopefully um hopefully we'll be able to absolve ourselves of those feelings but i, I certainly just... feel that all the time wow i cannot process that lisa ling feels like <laughs> feels like those imposter syndrome feelings like I mean that's like it's like amazing I mean I just feel like you know from the outside looking in you're just so you know spectacular it just feels like right well like, that's why I wanted to bring that up because you know I don't yeah, yeah. I don't want people to feel like they're alone in those feelings you know yeah. and mm-hmm. we all feel that way but you know we all work hard and we you know at the end of the day I think we we all know what we're capable of and we know what we deserve. You know, we may, we may not, you know, go through periods where we think, am I deserving of this? But we know what we deserve. We just need to do a better job of expressing it and even standing Mm -hmm. up for ourselves, you know, I mean. Yeah. And advocating for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But Helen, I feel like the, 
in these past few years, it feels like you have done a lot of work around this. And I feel like you are uh, starting to be, like you're able to accept that your successes. But then we had this other conversation recently where you said now you are struggling to realign like your internal view of yourself, which is what I find myself doing. Cause in my head, I'm a stupid loser. <laughs> I'm like a dumb, I'm a, like a dumbass bitch. Like that's how I call myself in my head. You know, like my internal dialogue is like, look at you, you dumbass, like all day long. And you were telling me like you had to sort of same. Yeah. Because yeah, like, now you're looking at yourself like, oh, you know, showrunner for takeout. And I've done all these sh other shows and I'm like a big time producer. And like you're having to like adjust that view of yourself. Like what? How, how has that been? Um, there's a lot of walks that are happening. And thank <laughs> God for therapy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, seriously. Actually, it was that it was my circle of Asian American women friends where mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I started therapy just like four years ago. And I didn't know that there, I didn't know that my Asian American friends were seeing therapists. And it's so mm. important. That's why it's so important. Like this podcast is so important to like just normalize so many of those feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, um, I don't know. It's a weird feeling because I don't, I still don't see that. Like, you know, like, wow, to reconcile this like, this big deal thing like I, I still don't feel that like I still feel like I'm just right. like trying to trying to like you know work as hard as I can and like you know make uh, ultimately I just want to make things with people that I love like and right. you know can be proud of like to have that luxury is mm -hmm. is the goal to make whatever mm -hmm. you want with the people that you like right yeah. I think to tell the stories that you want to tell so that is mm. an incredible privilege and I think for me what's been hard is um or not I mean it's just been I put a lot of pressure on myself in this transition to becoming a showrunner because I know how much responsibility that is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could hire all the people that I know who could do this kind of work. But, you know, I've also felt like, you know, as an Asian American, like I, you know, everyone has a, their own platform to like post about like anti-Asian violence and, you know, what's happening in our communities. But like, I felt like I've you know, am I, am I not doing enough? Like, what am mm. I, I should be doing more, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, and the ways in which I see that now and thinking about it is in these ways, like, you know, uh, is sort of like building this sort of community of Asian American creatives and being able to like assemble that team or tell these stories. And, you know, whether that's through your music or comedy or art or, you know, writing or yeah. whatever it is, I think like mm -hmm. those are also like as powerful, um, you know, ways of contributing and, you know, standing for and with our communities. So, yeah, um, yeah nice. I think that's kind of been difficult for me is like sort of seeing that transition from like, I feel I still feel so scrappy and like rough mm -hmm. around the edges that I don't feel yeah. like polished for like, you know, board, like network meetings and stuff like that. But um, mm -hmm. that's just like, I think like part of the reason why it took me so long to even agree to doing your podcast or like, you know, other podcasts is just like this idea that like, one day I'll be presentable. Like one day I'll like have my one shit day. together yeah. and like be right. able to like mm -hmm. do it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And I think part of that work and like self work is like just being like be present and like this is who you are now. And yeah, you know, yeah. in 10 years, obviously that will change. Um, right. So can, yeah. Can I ask you, Lisa, do you, so since you've said that you do also struggle with um, imposter syndrome, do you like what, what was your relationship with that? Because you have had huge success. So like, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm sure it came like in increments. Like how, how were you dealing with the fact of like realigning like 
how you saw yourself with like who you were like your public image. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it it, it certainly goes in cycles, right? It's not like I'm constantly feeling this way, but you know, I think it's normal to feel self-doubt no matter what kinds of successes that you've achieved. And, and quite honestly, I don't think it's, it's, it's all a bad thing. You know, I Mm. would rather, um, I would rather have those feelings than have an ego that was so big that you almost um, disregard the work of the people uh, around you or who, who are helping you or to who are actually making the things happen. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that humility and um, appreciation and respect and gratitude, um, I think that that all of these characteristics are really, really important if you're going to have any kind of longevity in this business. Um, you know, I would just mm-hmm. say to people, just because I know that those feelings of self-doubt and, and, and those feelings of, of imposter syndrome, I, I know that they're so pervasive, just don't allow it to overtake you and that we all go, go mm-hmm. through it, you know? And, and quite honestly, those mm-hmm. people that don't have um, insecurities or don't feel self-doubt, like... I, those aren't really the kinds of people I want to work with anyway, <laughs> because yeah. seriously, you oh, know, people who point. think yeah. that they deserve, you know, I, oh you, know God, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like people who yeah, are just yeah, like yeah. so egomaniacal. Um, and, and believe yep. me, there are many of those people out there in this business. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but I think that like having those feelings of self-doubt, they, they, they push you, you know, they challenge you. Mm. To work right. harder, and at, yeah. a certain point, at a certain point, you want to say to yourself, "Well, I, I shouldn't have to push myself this hard." But I don't know. I, I I think that when you do, it 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 forces you to stretch your your creativity, um, mm-hmm. and pushes you to, um, you know, think about things that you might otherwise not think about, um, and you know, also even take risks. Right, because yeah. you 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 look at right. things as like okay, here's my shot. I might not get this shot again, but since I have this now, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna fucking go for it. Yeah, I only want right. to be around other people that refer to themselves as the dumb bitch in their head. That's like my crew. <laughs> That's my tribe. <laughs> We're gonna get along if you say that to yourself. Yeah, we also have to remember that we come from a culture that puts unfair expectations on all of us. <laughs> And so (laughs) most of us spend our lives kind of like fighting, (laughs) fighting that in some ways, you know, so I I think Mm -hmm. it's important we acknowledge that and, you know, do what we can to, you know, to, 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 to allow those feelings to dissipate, but forgive ourselves when they come creeping back every now and then. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it was so it was so great to hear your uh, first ever answer on, on this podcast about your show. Like when you said how you were feeling, you're like, I did this thing. It was great. And I'm excited and I'm happy because like that's hard when you grow up being self very self-critical and always being mm. like trying to think that you, you did something wrong or trying to think that. Um, you know, you did, you weren't good enough, like just to be able to be like, okay, I did something. It was good. Now I'm happy about it. Like that's, that's huge. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lisa and Helen, what are some things that you're loving right now? Helen, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I need to think. This is like the hardest one. Like hating is like so much easier. Shame of so much easier. Uh, what am I loving right now? Um, I, I've been, um, it's been nice to be not 
like not traveling for a while and I've been like living the domestic life like kind of hermit life just cooking I've been cooking some Korean food um oh. and um you know just wearing like living like my best like ajama life like you know got these slippers from home and home nice like, oh, home wow. and home ajama lifestyle yeah and uh yeah no and and of course you know I'm I'm definitely loving uh this like the fact that we get to to have this and um um and and to have our show like on hbo to me is still mind-blowing and um yeah i'm trying to be present and just you know absorb uh that feeling so it's great that's what i'm loving <laughs> what are you how about Korean you, Lisa? food, city bus. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Lisa? What are you loving right now? Um, well, other than the things that I've mentioned, um, I, this is this may sound a little esoteric, but um, Helen knows this about me. I've been really on a um, a, a deeply personal journey to explore mm. um, uh, my own human connection to. <laughs> to the earth and to the plants and to nature. And I've really been getting into a lot of Native American um, literature and also books about wisdom mm. and healing and mm. um, really uh, trying to sort of recognize what my responsibility is, not just in trying to elevate humanity, but also to protect this Land. I know that I know it sounds esoteric, but it's it's mm. what I've been really it, it, it's what's really like um, bringing me life right now. And I've I've just been mm. kind of um, like most of the books that I've been reading lately are about this this um, connection between the land and humanity. And that's what I've been really loving. I feel like I'm so like cynical seeming, but I like deep down inside. That's all I, I'm just like, oh, I got to get back to my earth roots. My mom has a has a pillow full of soil, like earth soil in it. Because like in Korea, they're like, oh, this is good for you. Because if you're living in like a high rise apartment or something, they say it's bad. And I'm always like, yeah, give me that soil pillow, you know, <laughs> feel the earth. Oh, I, I got to look into that. Feel you on that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to send Helen the link if I find it. Okay, okay, next question. What is something that you're hating right now? It's my favorite. <laughs> I will say I'm really hating that, you know, we can't gather and all be together in spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly just, you know, still COVID still happening. I mean, we were shooting all throughout COVID and it's still here. And I really wish, I really miss, um, you know, gathering together in like theaters and, you know, being able to, you know, see all your friends and, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely hating that. And also on a side note, I really, I'm having, su I'm struggling with social media because I have Ooh. such a love hate relationship with like, I just like want to delete, you know, all the things. And, but every time I go, it just sucks me back in. And it's yeah. just like this, you know, like just tumultuous, uh, relationship with, um, social media so i that is something i'm currently hating and is um, it your identity to social media or is it specific types of social media content that peeves you oh oh no no i mean it's just yeah my my sort of like feeling like i need to be on it even though mm. you know i'd rather like you know in the morning i would first thing in the morning i would just like look at my phone and look at instagram or you know yeah. twitter or whatever and now i've been like okay 
just like read for an hour instead. And I, that's been so incredibly, um, helpful for like Mm -hmm. my mental health and, you know, but yeah, it's, it's like a necessary evil, I guess. I don't know. Is that why you're not, is that, is that, is that why you're not answering my calls in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Just meditating. I'm reading. reading. <laughs> Going for long walks by the water. Yeah, totally. Just zenning out before the chaos that ensues that's called production. Yeah. Totally. I'm not you know, we've been we've started this format just maybe four four episodes ago and every single person said something related to social media for what they're hating, I feel like. Mm, interesting. Except yeah. for one person said LA, but you know, that's a long story. How about you? Like, don't don't least, don't yeah. don't diss LA. You know, takeout is kind of bittersweet because here we are mm. um, presenting the world with a show that we never thought that we would be able to do and that we're so proud of against this backdrop of continued attacks on Asian people. Um, and I fucking hate it. Like it's been going on for so long and not showing signs mm-hmm. of abating And, you know, for me, as someone with a little bit of a profile, you know, I felt compelled to speak out on it because if I, if I, if, Mm. if if I don't like someone with a profile, who, who, who's going to, you know, and, and, um, it's just really, it, it still keeps me up at night. It just makes me, it just breaks my heart to think of the, you know, elders in our community who are senselessly Mm -hmm. attacked. And so that is something that I am absolutely hating right now it's just it's i think the part that really gets me is it does it does not show signs of stopping and it's been going on and like you know like what i mentioned before with like the the podcast that i was listening to it's like you you hear about things that happened like 150 years ago and 80 years ago and 100 years ago and you're like oh my god it's just it's never not been here it's always been with us and that it becomes really well and that's why our show while i'm excited about our show there's also a sense of urgency to me to bringing the show mm-hmm. um, to 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 the mainstream because people really need to know about you know the contributions, the discrimination, the struggles, but again, also you know the incredible achievements of this American community. And that was one of the aspects of the show that I love so much is to emphasize like just how American these Asian Americans yep. were because I learned about communities who I didn't know they you know immigrated to America. So, so long ago i had no idea these communities existed and yeah well as you mentioned we well, didn't learn this in high school or in our, like i didn't take any asian american studies courses in college either so it was it was a very eye-opening experience for me yeah. and can i just say something that might sound very serious but i feel like it's an important point to be said about this i feel like you know we have this discussion right now in this country about like critical race theory not being taught in schools and stuff like that it it's it's okay. I use these big words and Brian always like <laughs> says I go too hard. Well, but it, it's like, a, oh wait, <laughs> he didn't say it yet. Um, like, I, I'm, so, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you know, we're, these big words sound really scary. Like, you know, like genocide and things like that. But like it, in a way it is like a cultural genocide. It's like a, it's like a deletion of like people that existed that no longer exist because like this, this like refusal to add them into our history books and all these. So there's all these deaths and all these like things that horrible things that happen that are just, just erased, you know, um, as part of our history and like discover, like with your show, discovering the beauty and like the history of Asian Americans and what they did contribute to America. And that's amazing. And it's, it's like so profound and, um, important, but, 
uh, next to that, right next to that, the dark side of it is that so much of it has been erased, like all the pain and the suffering that has been, you know, going on. But with that's Asians why, and, and that's why it's important for us as Asian Americans yeah. to yeah. stand up and advocate for the inclusion of diverse history in school. You know, I think there's yep. a perception that it's a black white issue, but it is imperative uh-huh. for us yeah. to demand that all to the, to demand that diverse histories be told in the classroom because empathy starts when you're a child like empathy yeah. can be developed mm. yep. um and when ch- when when children's brains are malleable and they're developing and you introduce them to diverse stories and diverse histories you are in in, in a sense you are molding more compassionate human beings. And, and (laughs) that is something that we desperately need in this country. So it's so important for us to, to, to be advocating on the side of teaching diverse histories. And also why, why wouldn't you want that? What, like what I I feel, I'm so, I understand that there's like shame, you know, I guess people feel about history, but like there is, you know, that's just like, why wouldn't you want your child to be a compassionate child? You know, wh- whatever race they are. And it just well, like, the, the, I, the, I just the, don't understand. The argument that. is that it might make some kids feel bad. And, you know, I've read so mm. many incredible books. I mean, books that I wish were around when I was a kid, the beautifully mm-hmm. written and illustrated books about different people's experiences. And there is nothing that makes anyone feel bad. You know, this has nothing to do with, with, with people who are, you know, living today. It has everything to do with, you know, what happens when you don't, when you dehumanize other people based on something so arbitrary like race. Right. And maybe if you feel bad, you deserve to feel bad. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> like what's going yeah. on? Why are you feeling bad? What did you do? And I think collectively, <laughs> yeah. if we didn't read Catcher in the Rye in high school, we'll still be okay. <laughs> I think yeah. we'll be perfectly fine. <laughs> we would have been okay. I think. We would have been just fine. My God. The, exactly. the min- in minor feelings where she talks shit about Catcher in the Rye, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, yes, totally. tell him. <laughs> Um, okay, so our next question for you both, which will be behind Patreon, so listeners, if you want to hear Lisa and Helen's answer to this, you got to go to our Patreon. Uh, what is something you're ashamed of? Um, this is one's easy. That's great. Well, well now that w- now that we uh, put you through the gauntlet and got you to admit your deepest shames, uh, we're going to flip a switch here, and this is a question that we like to ask all of our guests, and it's been... Since the inception of our podcast, we've kept this question here for good reason. And before we let you go, Helen and Lisa, what is something that you're proud of? Brian, I spent the whole episode talking about how proud I am of this moment. Yes. <laughs> this is what we need from Asians. Just being proud all the time. Well, I'm proud. I'm proud to be able to do this show, you know, to, to, to front it. But I'm so proud of all of you. Like, I'm proud of, you know all the Asian Americans who are stepping up and stepping out of their comfort zone and exercising their voices, you know, I'm like the, like, I'm the auntie at this point, you know, and like, (laughs) like there's this new generation of young Asian Americans who are unabashed and unafraid and, you know, and that's, that's so exciting. I'm proud of that. I'm so, so proud of that. You know, when I, when I, um, not just in pop culture, but, you know, Asians are really, making such a mark in everything and and not mm-hmm. um not not allowing themselves to kind of remain on the periphery and 
it's just, it's awesome to be able to see. Yeah, I'm obviously, yeah, so proud of us and you guys and our show and that. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's so weird to say this publicly, but yeah, I am proud of myself and I'm proud that I'm forcing myself to do things that make me extremely uncomfortable um, and, um, you know, uh, trying to trying to make change within my industry and um, trying to, uh, you know, be more visible and, uh, you know, be a part of this community. Because I think for so long I felt a little bit outside of it. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's something that... Um, and I'm proud that we did this. So thank you so much for um, having us on. Oh, I'm so I'm proud of both. I sorry, am... go on, young me. Oh no, sorry, Brian. I was like, oh no, I just wanted to add, yeah, and I and I just want to. I'm really proud of both you and Lisa, and just want to thank you for your contributions in front of camera and behind camera. And like you said, Helen, you know, making changes to the industry, and it's been a tremendous privilege to be able to speak to you both. And I'm feel very fortunate that our listeners can. Um, get to know you both on that level and see the hard work and the changes that you're making um, in our industry. So thank you. I just wanted to say I'm so, so proud of being your friend, Ellen. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. I, w I thought I was going to make it without crying. I was like, I was so scared. I was going to get too emotional. So I was like, I don't even want to do this. I almost made it. I almost made it to the end. I'm so proud of being your friend, Helen. You know, like that episode you were talking about when I talked about you and I, it always makes me tear up. You know, I, I know you've been through like a lot and um, I just feel like, I'm just proud that I know you. I'm, I'm, I feel in a lot of ways, like how you feel about stuff. Like I'm like shocked that you want to be my friend. <laughs> you know like i guess that's like my imposter like I, I tricked you into becoming my friend <laughs> like, <laughs> like i fooled you into like <laughs> thinking i'm cool or something so in a lot of ways i I, <laughs> I feel like that about you i'm so so proud of you as a person and to be your friend and i'm so proud of lisa being the representation for us for you know like that we all needed and being you know present and in front of everybody for so long um when we really needed you and now you know this new chapter this like new depth of representation that no one's been able to really really tap into i think until your show and so i'm so proud of the both of you for producing such a wonderful show as well and i'm so happy that you joined us on feeling asian and i almost made it without crying so. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's bad not that crying is bad or good i'm just saying i'm just stating that as a fact um yeah, but well, where thank can you we guys for having show? us where on. Oh no, th sorry. I, I was just saying thank you so much for having us on. This has been wonderful to oh, feel. With. It's course. been wonderful to feel with you. <laughs> and uh, for our listeners, um, where can they find your work? Uh, all of the episodes are streaming right now on HBO Max. <laughs> and where can we find you on social media? Um, I, you know, I probably check Instagram more than anything else. So I'm just Lisa Linkstagram, or sorry, Lisa Linkstagram. And on Twitter, I'm just Lisa Ling. Helen? Um, um, I'm at Helen, at Helen Cho everywhere. Mostly on Instagram. Trying not to be on any of them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Young Me? Um, you can find me on social media at YM Mayor, and my TikTok is Young Me Mayor. How about you, Brian? 
Uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park and uh, follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcasts. Where you can find us anywhere: TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. Also, just want to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. And if you're looking for ways to support the podcast, you can do so at patreoncom Asian. And we have some shoutouts to do this week. Uh, first up, we have Hiroyo Hayashi. Hiroyo, thank you. And for some reason, I think you can run really far. You're a big marathon Asian, so keep doing you. Uh, next up, we have Scott X. I'm getting life coach, but in a really productive and helpful way. Not the typical annoying, cloying life coach, but an actually badass, legit life coach. Uh, next up, we have Sin K. You have great style, and I feel like you're an incredible hairstylist. Yeah, you own your own salon in a metropolitan city. So, Sin, thank you. And next up, we have Colleen Zhu. Colleen, I'm getting big undergrad energy. Maybe an underclassman. You're donating to our Patreon using your parents' credit card. And that is a great philanthropic service, so thank you. And last shout-out for this episode goes out to Pine Soul. I believe you're a social worker. And I commend you for doing the hard work and being a great human being. And once again, thank you all for supporting the podcast. Thanks for listening and bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Good luck with your show.